Alrighty. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are listening to the All Talk Car Podcast. I'm flying solo today. COVID is uh, bashing our industry as well. Paul Halil's sick and Paul Ross is uh, roaming the streets of Queensland because his staff haven't turned up to work. So basically, it's me and we've got a special episode, a special guest. We've got Damien Dogan from Shannon's today. And g'day. How you going? G'day, Peter. I'm good. And you? Oh, mate. Good, top of the world. Good. I mean, I think we have a good lair, yes. but your lair kicks ass. So we're, we're recording here at, from Shannon's Sydney office in our time in New South Wales. And, mate, there's some goodies downstairs. I'll tell you what, I forgot my checkbook. I'll bring it next time. But basically, uh, we're here to talk about Shannon's and, and, and what they've done uh, for, uh, or how they've been around for decades. And, and, and I guess Damien could tell us. I mean, you, you mentioned the word Shannon's and everyone knows. Um, sure, quality yeah. Quality car, unique car. Yeah, no, I think Shannon's has, uh, you know, over the last 40-odd years done really, really well to carve out um, a name for itself in, in Australia that's synonymous with classic cars. It's been going for a long, long time now. So, uh, yeah, when most people hear the brand or the name, that's the first thing they think yeah, of. Yeah, you, you so. know your market. I mean, yeah. it's, it is, it, it was niches. There's people that are coming to come through, trying to, to come into it. But like we said earlier, it's it's a decade old, decades old company. It is, yeah. Um, you say the word Shannon's and, and to a car person, everyone's like, "Yep, yeah, we know who you are." That's right. Um, There's a history it, there. That's and, and your motto: share the passion. Yeah. You're, you're basically telling everyone, "Your car guys." Exactly. Yeah. We want you car guys to come in and let, let's yeah be part of the family. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. And I think that was Robert Shannon. Um, that was his vision from the get go. That he saw a not just an opportunity in the marketplace, but he saw a gap that, that wasn't being filled there. And, you know, obviously in the beginning, he went out to try and insure some of his own classic cars. He, okay. was, a, he was a collector and enthusiast, car, yeah. yeah, first and foremost. And uh, he didn't feel that there was anyone doing the job, so he set up his own insurance business. And leading on from that, um, you know, he was a, an entrepreneurial kind of guy, from what I understand, and uh, saw another opportunity in terms of getting into the market and actually showing that Shannon's not only insures classic cars, but is actually involved in in uh, the, the sale of them through, uh, through the auction. So did the sale so, part come up first? No, it basically followed on. But, oh, so um, the insurance was first? The insurance was first, but basically the auctions kicked off pretty soon afterwards. Yeah. So we had our first classic car auction in December 1981, okay. um, which meant that last year we were celebrating our 40th so anniversary. So what would be a classic car for <laughs> Well, anything. pretty much anything and everything. Um, I don't have the catalogue yeah. from 81, but oh, I understand yeah. there was some really cool cars in that sale. Yeah. We had a, a Genuine HDT A9X race car, oh, okay, okay. which would be worth an absolute fortune today. Um, there was a Lamborghini Miura in that auction, yeah. which again, if we uh, were lucky enough to have one of those today, it'd be you know many millions. That was actually one of Robert's own cars, from what I understand. Yeah. He owned a Miura back in the day, which attracted the um, other. Yeah, which brought a lot of other people yeah. to put cars into the uh, into the auction. So that was um, that was our first ever classic car auction. It really sort of built from there. Initially, we were only doing them out of Melbourne. We had a, a showroom there in um, Cheltenham, and then gradually, you know, Robert evolved so that Shannon's insurance spread around Australia. Yeah. Opening here in New South Wales, we had an office up on the Pacific Highway initially. Little by little, he began doing auctions in New South Wales as well. He saw a market up here yeah. for it. So um, we haven't been going quite as long in New South Wales as we were in Victoria, but yeah, the history dates back, you know, 
40 odd years now so, so do you long find time. yeah is it is it like a because melbourne victoria's got a strong car culture always. it really does it always has i grew up in melbourne yeah so okay, funnily enough um our national auctions manager at the time who still works for for shannon's uh christoph borobon he uh he was running the uh, the auctions in sydney at the time and just starting a family so he wanted to get back to melbourne he was an ex-melbourne okay. as well yeah and I was the opposite. I was single at the time and thought to myself, hey, you know, what a great gig. Come up and work in Sydney, new city, yeah. new life, and come and work for, um, for Shannon's up here. So I sort of swapped states with Chris. Yeah, but and you're how right. how much better is Sydney than Melbourne? <laughs> is that what you're trying to tell I, me? I'm never Don't... moving. No, look, I'm never moving home. You only have to look out the window today and it's a gorgeous, you know, gorgeous right, summer's day. Your house day. is worth half a mil more than last Absolutely. year, buddy. <laughs> no, life is good up here, so I'm not in a rush to move back to Melbourne. But having said that, I've got a lot of friends in Melbourne. We've got a lot of listeners in Victoria yeah, too. And, so and, and the car it. scene in Melbourne is second to none in yeah. Australia. I mean, absolutely, you know, people are car mad down there. The diversity of the cars that are there, you know, particularly I grew up um, around the sort of Carlton area, yeah. around Ligon Street, oh, yeah. you know, the Italians There's there, always cars the cars, up and the down. passion for them is just well, visible can, compared so, to Sydney. So fast forward to today, so you've yeah. got New South Wales, is a strong Shannon presence yeah. in both New South Wales and Victoria. Sure. Is there, a, is there a percentage where you say that one state offers better cars and one state offers more better buyers? Like, is there more money in not, one city? Or is not, it sort not of really, Peter. Like, to be honest, cars, uh, I mean, they're, they're certainly in Australia, they're one of those, let's say, commodities that can be bought and sold anywhere. So yeah. we find that, honestly, in the auctions we do, whether it's in Melbourne, Sydney, and we've added Brisbane recently, okay. the cars will go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, roughly half of the cars in each auction from a Sydney point of view at least, we'll, we'll go interstate. So a big part of our job is obviously then organizing shipping, making sure the cars get delivered to the customers mm. in one piece and so on. But you know, more and more we're seeing that the distance is no barrier. And I think COVID's obviously been a big part of that. People will buy sight unseen from the other side of the country. You know, Obviously um, our friends over in Perth haven't been able to get anywhere for quite a long time yeah. and vice versa. So you know, they're, they're basically stuck with buying you know, via yeah, the computer, right. yeah. yeah, online. So, yeah, that, that's a big part of it, I think. But uh, look, probably again, anecdotally, I don't necessarily have any data to back it up. But I do feel like, you know, more cars tend to go back down to Melbourne, mm-hmm. particularly when we have, you know, uh, Italian cars. It always seems that we get just that, you know, few more phone calls and inquiries. Oh, yeah. and, um, ultimately bidders for things like Ferraris, you know, rarities like we had a Fiat Dino Spider a, a while ago and that, that definitely had everybody in Melbourne excited and ultimately went back yeah. to Melbourne. So I feel like that that definitely seems to be a, you know, a big part of what we do. Yeah, and, and like, I suppose now it's, I was going to get to this primarily the internet base, but even when pre-COVID when you had live auctions, mm. you still had phone Absolutely, yeah. Things like that. yeah. So, would your team know where where the buyers would be? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, we do. And you know, that's one advantage of going online entirely is that um, you know, as you said, we we were already doing uh, phone bidding. We already had online bidding as part of our our mix during so, the live process. during the live thing. So that that was um, you know that was something we probably established. Uh, Four or five years ago, I'd yeah. say we had that system up and running really well, which meant it was quite seamless for us to move entirely online. It was just taking out those other two elements, I suppose. Yeah, so we might as well get that. I mean, this is the first yeah. time, unprecedented times. I hate yeah. that saying, but 
you're alive. People mm. come and smell and touch and look mm. and, and do what they've got to do with cars. Yeah, yeah. Some people just turned up because they like writing down. Absolutely. When I was young, I used yeah, to like writing down, fill in the catalogue yeah. and go sure. home. And that yeah. was a night out. And we understand that that's, that's something that people have missed for two years, you know, in the way that we've, we've all had to, you know, sacrifice things. We've enjoyed doing yeah. live events. And, so when and the so lockdown, before we get to that, mm. when the lockdown kicked in, uh, was it seamless for Shannon to, yeah. to go online? Yeah, yeah. So we had the a... technology there in place um, working well. We'd already done a couple of online auctions um, prior to COVID. Oh, okay. Um, not for cars specifically. Um, we'd had a, a charity auction for a whole lot of motorcycle memorabilia that worked really well. So the technology was there. It was really just a case of sort of saying, all right, can we transfer all the existing bidders and some of our older you know uh, buyers were a bit of a challenge to get them to to yeah, uh, was, get on board with the, the whole online thing i mean we often heard this saying you know i don't have a computer how am i going to do this but, but they, they end up doing you, it you find a way you know whether it's a relative or well, a friend had a facetime now exactly. it's like there, there are all kinds of ways around these situations to get everybody on board so it's worked really well and the number of registered bidders we've got has just gone through the roof as you can imagine so it hasn't it hasn't held back no not at all it's grown and grown and grown and i think it's coincided with and whether it's contributed to it's hard to say but mm. the market as as we all know has really taken off in the yeah. last two years so that's helped because Travel obviously dollars. yeah exactly there's there's a huge uptake in interest in classic cars everybody wants to be a part of it ironically you know it's in a time when you really can't do much with your car unfortunately but mm. we're all fingers crossed hoping that that'll That'll change soon. Yeah, um, we get back to normal. But um, yeah, so I think you know a huge part of it is that we've all had a little bit more time on our hands. We're not going out as much. We're not travelling. So we're sitting at home on our computers. And for a lot of us blokes, you know, the first thing we do when we get home and open up the computer Carpool. is straight onto the cars. Yeah, <laughs> what's out there? Who's who's selling right. what? What are the auction houses got yeah. coming up? I and mean, we spend, you know, a lot of time and you can, trawling and, it. And you can buy a car. It's not a loss maker now, no. especially with no. the cars that Shannon sell. That's it's right. um, you're buying. It is yeah. an investment. You're buying yeah. something that's going to improve in value. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and for a lot of people, they do buy and sell cars too. So, you know, you sell something, you've got a little bit of money in the bank, and then you can say, okay, well, I haven't had one of these before. I've always thought about one of those yeah. kinds of cars, and and you jump in, but. Um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things. The market has, we've had to, to adapt to, you know, the COVID situation the way every single business mm. in Australia and, and world for that matter has had to adapt. But we've been extremely fortunate in that unlike, you know, sectors like hospitality and travel yeah. industry and so on where they've struggled because people just simply can't do what they want yeah, to do. You can't drink a coffee online. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, we're allowed to still um, sell cars and people are still interested in buying them. So yeah, yeah we've been very fortunate, but at the same time, it's also allowed Shannon's to, um, you know, improve the way we go about marketing the cars. You know, the amount of effort we put into the presentation for each car online mm-hmm. has changed a lot in two years. So again, you know, these things, you react, but you also use it as an opportunity to improve the way you do your, you do your business. Mm. So we've got an upcoming auction coming up. So when, when's that? Um, yeah, sure. So. This next auction is scheduled to run between the 22nd of February and as always, or as since COVID, it's, it's a one-week timed online auction. Yep. So it finishes on the 1st of March. Um, we've been scheduling them to run between Tuesday morning and following the following Tuesday evening. We yep. close the, the entries, uh, sorry, the, the bidding. Yep. That's a format that's really worked well for us. I think the very first online auction we did when COVID hit, uh, we tried a two-week 
time oh, option. Oh, yeah, okay. And we just felt that that was extending it just a little too long. Because before that, it was, as you said, it was just live bidding. A live auction. It was a live auction. One it was night. that night. Yeah, it all happened. Car by in, car by car. Yeah, it all happened in a couple down, of hours. Yeah. You had to put a start line and a finish line. That's right. So the two, yeah. two weeks didn't. Yeah. But I think what that does is it gives people more time to muck around on the computer with a little bit of bidding. You know, they can get involved. Maybe there's a little bit of a bidding war. They can throw some bids in, just yeah, see what happens. Yeah. And you don't have to sort of feel like the pressure's on. You know, it takes the pressure off a little bit, especially when you've got it over a weekend. So I think yeah. people enjoy the process of mm. bidding online as much as they do coming to a live auction, and we all miss that. And but it makes Monday feel good when you're when you're in there with a chance. You yeah, survived the weekend. That's right. And yeah. So and then it all comes down to the the pointy end on the Tuesday night when it all starts to close yeah. and. That's really when, for the majority of the cars and bikes and things, um, we'll see the bidding really take off at the, you know, at the at the death. You know. So if I'm, let's start now with, mm. I want to bid. Mm. So is it a simple process? You, you yep. go online and yeah, sure. You just fill out an online application to register to bid if you haven't done it already. If you have already registered, yeah. With so us, if I did it last year, you can just log in. You've again. got your yep, all the details are the yep. same. But if you haven't done it. You know, once you've registered, you set up for, for the future. And um, it's a two-step process. We then need to just approve every bidder to make sure you are who oh, yeah. you say you are. And once you set up, then you're good to go. Basically, once the auction goes live, you'll be able to go into the bidding portal and start placing Like any online type bidding, like an That's eBay right. or yeah. something like that. Similar and again, similar to that, you've got two options. You can either bid you know, uh, manually, or you can just do a set and forget and basically program the computer to bid for you, um, yeah. either incrementally or... Oh, so you can set, like, a, a limit? Yep, you can set that, and it'll either bid up to that, or if you want to just go all in, the computer yep. can just bid for you one go. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've bought from mm-hmm. Shannon's, yep. uh, but Good the hear. old way, not online, yeah. but... I'm going to ask a question in the reverse now. Yeah. What if I'm selling? Sure. Which for the first time we are you this are, auction. Yeah. Um, how do you go about? Yeah. Is it? it is it? Is it I'm sure there's cutoff dates. Is it too late for the coming auction? It is. Yeah. Look, that's one of the hardest things for us is um, trying to get the message out in terms of the cutoff date because we still produce a printed catalogue. Yeah. Our lead times for the auction are actually quite long. Um, typically six to eight weeks out from the auction closing, we need to have everything lotted off to the printers in order to get the, um, the, the brochures not only printed in time, but these days with the COVID again, the distribution has slowed mm. down a little bit. Um, so we want to make sure that everybody has a catalogue, you know, roughly three weeks out from the auction in order mm. to really have time to fall so in love with the So you've still got your car. database and you, you can... That's right, yeah. So you mail out... We do, old school, yeah. Oh, it's wow. about 30,000 people. And look, there are people scattered around this country who rely on that brochure and so yeah a lot of the time people have said you know why are we still doing that you know it's a big cost but it's i I tell you from from a customer Mm -hmm. like when i look at that well i I, I look at the online one yeah you'll see a car it's going to remind you of your youth it's going to oh my auntie had one of those and i can't believe i haven't seen one of those in yeah, fill in a, a day. Here it is. It, yeah. it, it is nostalgic. Mm. It's not just you're not looking at a shopping catalogue, you know, from Woolies. No. Yeah, yeah. People's pride and joy. Yeah. That and it's probably a hard thing for a vendor to come to yeah. you and say, uh, you know, after ten years, I'm looking at selling. Absolutely. And yeah. it's probably got a name on it. You know? no, that's right. And it, it, it's you know, it can be quite a a wrenching process for people to let go of their cars, and we see it time and time again where you know there are tears get shed 
you know, when cars are being dropped yeah. off for the last time. And, and sometimes people don't want to come back and see them being sold. They want to, you know, that's one of the reasons they will come to an auction house. It's a closure. It's almost like a funeral for it some is, people. It, is. It, it can be really quite touching seeing how, um, you know, emotional people become about their cars. And we all know, I mean, you know, I, I'm one of those people that I really struggle to let a car go. I mean, yeah. I've still got cars that I bought 20 years ago I don't that know. I shouldn't have. <laughs> when they uh, weren't running I wish I was like you too. I wish I was like that. But, you know, some of us, they just, it's too hard to yeah. let them go. The, but but I, I noticed, going back to the catalogue, like mm. when we were here the, the other week, um, you've got a professional photographer. The mm. car, it's, it's like mm. there's a model there. Mm. Like the lights are set up. Yeah. You've got your sort of corner where you Yeah, that's the photo booth really yeah. helps in that respect. And, yeah. and it's not like a click, click, click no. yeah, and move on next, yeah. wheel it in. It's yeah. like the, the photographer's on his knees yeah. and, and yeah. getting the angles right. And if yeah. you look at the brochures and, yeah. and the, uh, well, the brochure's going to have one study. But that's if right. you look at the online, yeah. there's a gazillion photos Absolutely. per car. Yeah, and we've really upped the ante on that. I mean, I, I get a shock when I look back at some of the cars Shannon's have sold, you know, many years ago because our database online still goes back, I think it's, you know, 15, 20 years. Okay, yeah. And uh, in those days, it was about four or five photographs, you know, front three-quarter, yeah. you know, the usual inside Maybe still, out, and that's it, engine board, base. That's it, yeah. And that was it. You know, it was no wonder people weren't com- comfortable buying cars without coming to see them and, and uh, you know, checking them out in person because really you couldn't with that sort of information there. But now yeah. it's more like 50 photographs, um, and we photograph the cars from underneath. And that's one of the big advantages of this new showroom is that yeah. we've now got a hoist in every of each of our uh, showrooms around Australia. And so we photograph the cars from underneath. Um, we spend time getting underneath the cars and understanding what they're like under there. And we also are doing video presentations on the cars as well, okay. which is, look, it's just another aspect of being able to understand the condition of a car. Yeah. You know, it gives you an overview of it. You get to hear it running. And yeah, it's it's just another um, thing we've added with COVID. So, so when you are buying, are you allowed to inspect it? Is there is yeah, there an inspection sure. period that I could I can come out? No, we have. Look, we're open six days a week in the in the months leading up to the auction. And if the car has been consigned and delivered to the showroom, anyone is welcome to come in and yeah. have a look. So it's almost like a dealership. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the cars are made made available in the lead up as much as possible. We. Don't do test drives. Yep, that's a big part of you know the risk, I guess. Well, they're not having, your cars. They're, they're not our cars, and, and we're not set up to have people driving the cars around. So we don't do that, but we're happy to start cars for people who are okay. Yeah, um, you know, showing serious interest in the cars, yep. not just turning cars on and off yep. willy-nilly. But um, yeah, if people are, are keen, we'll uh, we'll turn it on, let them hear it run. We also um, are well, well, happy to welcome um, third-party or pre-purchase inspections okay, uh, yeah. um, by specialists. So if you've got someone, you know, my specialises mate, my in the yeah, guy, exactly, yeah. you're more than welcome to have them come around. We generally won't do that off-site. It has to be done on our mm-hmm, premises. Yeah. But you've got the facility, you've got the but voice, you've got this, you've got that. Yeah, we've got the space. And uh, and the and car will move, you're going to drive right. it around, they can yeah, see exactly. it. Turn. So they can spend as much time as they want going right through it. So that's fine. You know, we, we don't certainly don't want people not to come and look at these cars. Yeah. Ideally, from our point of view, every single purchaser would have spent time coming in and checking the car out as much as possible. If that's physically not possible, and again, we understand with COVID that you know not everyone can get to Sydney to do that, then we can do what we call a virtual tour. So yeah. we set up with FaceTime or oh, WhatsApp yeah, okay. or whatever. Yeah, just walk around, walk around the car. Like a live. And exactly. And if yeah. the person's sitting there and they've got the um, 
mechanical report that we've had done on each of these cars, an inspection report, yeah. they can maybe ask us questions. Show I see the, here yeah, it says yeah. it's got a little bit of wear and tear on yeah. you know, the seat, show me the bolsters yeah. and you know that sort of stuff. Um, oh, so okay, that's good. So yeah, so they can contact you and, and arrange that. And yeah. you, like you said, you're open six yeah. days. So. Yeah, the last thing we like or want to see is people who literally just bought something on a whim, haven't done any research, haven't read the mechanical report, haven't read even our description yeah. of the car, didn't understand what it was, yeah. um, bought purely by one photo alone. That's not good for anyone at no. the end of the day. No, but that's not what you're about. Either. No, it's not at all. Yeah. Um, no, it's... Uh, it, <laughs> have you ever sold... Uh, you know what I'm going to ask you. Elvis's Cadillac, but it was the wrong Elvis. <laughs> like, has there ever been a big, yeah, like... Stuff up? Sorry, guys, we'll work <laughs> something out here. <laughs> not really. Yeah. Not, not one's... Because you're pretty far No ones that spring to mind, no, because yeah. we, we do spend so much time cataloguing the cars and going through them with a fine tooth comb to make yeah. sure they are what they are. And look, increasingly with things like Aussie muscle cars, where the risk of, you know, people getting caught There's out. There's been caught cases, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, we have had a couple of problem cars over the years. Everyone has in the industry. It's just, unfortunately, it's a fact of life that, you know, with a lot of these muscle cars particularly, where you know, ostensibly to the untrained eye, they don't look that much different from the base model with a, you know, base model engine and so on. And they all started life with roughly the same shell yeah. and everything. So it's very easy, really, if you know what you're doing to, to essentially fake one of these cars. Or maybe it wasn't quite as obvious as that. Maybe it was just a car that 30 years ago was a bit of a wreck and a bit of a bitzer mm. and it got knocked back into shape when they weren't mm. worth mm. anything using, you know, two or three two or three cars and bits and bobs from, you know, this, that and the other. And our job is obviously to try and go through and weed out those cars. And look, every car has a place. At the end of the day, we're not necessarily saying, oh, we're going to root those cars, uh, get rid of those cars no. from the auction, but we just need to be totally transparent well, about full what disclosure, they are. Yeah. Full disclosure, make sure yeah. everybody's aware of what they're buying. You know, we're very careful to check stampings, you know, looking for any signs of cars that have been reshelled, all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, there's a lot of work goes into preparing the cars yeah. for sale. But that's particularly around Australian muscle cars. That seems to be the biggest problem area we yeah. have. Yeah. But they're the ones that are pulling in the big dollars they too. Are. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you're going to spend, you know, the big bucks, whether it's, you know, two hundred fifty thousand on an XU1 or half a million on an A9 X, you know, people but want to know got, what they're buying is But even now with the demise of Holden. Yeah. Even your Commodore SL Absolutely. can just turn up yeah. and, and people are prepared to spend 20, 30, 40,000 yeah. on a Kingswood wagon. Yeah. That was... Absolutely. No, the rise of the Holden market is a phenomenon that you know I haven't seen in my time in the classic car business at all. Did anyone foresee it? No, like, I don't did, think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it caught all of us by surprise, really. And um, and it's just growing from strength to strength. Because it's the mundane stuff yeah. that I noticed that it's Absolutely. just like, you, yeah. want, you want that yeah. much for yeah. it and yeah. they'll get it. Absolutely. Old Tirana base models, Geminis and things yeah. are suddenly worth... You know, big dollars. So. And there's a couple. What, what have we got like, coming up in February? So if someone goes to your website, what? Are, yeah, what look. Some, I mean, it's, we've got a pretty diverse selection in February's auction. We've got uh, in Sydney here. We've got a couple of really, really nice uh, Aussie cars with some good history. Yeah. One of them in particular, I love the story around it. It's a, an EH special that lived up at French's Forest with the same family from you. Um, oh wow! So a gentleman bought it in 1963. And it was his daily drive until very recently, and uh, he and, and his missus have decided it's time to get a new car. <laughs> all these years later, 
So they drove in. That car, as far as we can tell, and he tells us, definitely <laughs> never had a lick of paint on it. It's a completely original interior. But he would have kept it. He pristine. has garaged that car, yeah. looked after it. It's it's just got that history. So he was worried it, about the first twenty year depreciation, and then yeah. it's now come yeah. good. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, and I mean, you know, again, ten years ago, it wouldn't have been worth anything. Yeah. But these days, you know, with that history, that story around it, it really wouldn't surprise us if it made somewhere between 25, 30 grand, which is good money for an EH special. So, yeah, that's one good car. We've got, I mean, there's a really, really diverse mix of stuff down there, and you obviously had a bit of a wander around. I think one of the appealing things about a Shannon's auction is that there is literally something for everybody. There is. There's something to cover off every you know, area of interest, whether you're into American cars, you know, European cars, Japanese cars modern classics you know cars from the 50s and 60s or pre-war cars we've sort of got it covered and we're having a walkthrough before with damien and basically we had a 911 turbo s 996 which was like unattainable yep. back in the day 25 years ago mm. and next we've got an rx7 spirit spirit r yep and you're telling me well you're, yeah. you're basically saying the rx7 is going to kick yeah, maybe the, the RX7 has caught goals. up. Yeah, yeah, they um, they've really taken off in the marketplace. The um, the Spirit R in particular, that's the that's the uh, the, the star of the show as far as yeah. you know the RX7s are concerned. It's limited edition. They built fifteen hundred. They never sold them here in Australia, so yeah, the ones we've import, got here yeah. are all imports. Um, but they've really taken off uh, as the holy grail. But Japanese the cars generally, like- and Japanese cars generally. I mean, we we had a. Um, a GDR NUR M spec in the last auction R34 Skyline, of course. It had incredibly strong bidding across the board. Um, we had one, a similar car, same model, um, but a V spec about two or three years ago and had very little interest in it. It didn't really generate as much interest as we'd hoped, but this car just kicked off in the last auction. And true to form, everyone was telling us you'll get a lot of interest from overseas. We did. We actually okay. ended up selling it to a guy in the UK who's shipping it to keep with his collection in America. Um, and obviously the Americans have just opened the market there up well, that's to the, other thing the with skylines. It, so yeah, I think, because we were talking about the Jap cars as well amongst ourselves, and that is they've got a 25 year rule. Mm. We had a, a couple of weeks ago some guests that import cars mm-hmm. from Japan. Yep. And basically America is the sleeping giant. They've yes. woken up. Well, exactly. PlayStation and Gran Turismo exactly. and all those games yeah. have woken them up. Yeah. Yep. But now those kids have grown up and yep. they've got money. They're ready and, to spend it, yeah. And they're ready to buy the cars yeah. that they played with when Absolutely. they were brand new. Yeah. And now and, they're allowed to. And so. they're allowed to. Yeah. And that's um, it. And there are, I think there have been a few people who've brought them in under, you know, show and display type rules and tucked them away without being able to register them. But the fact that you can now bring them out, drive them to a Cars and Coffee in America, suddenly yeah. the market has taken off over there for them. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and it's, it's, it's exploding. It's, yeah, exactly. It's exploding worldwide because, again, these cars are an international commodity. I mean, people all around the world are buying and selling them. So but we follow that market. We're, we're influenced by it. But peak Japan was 90s, yeah. where... American cars, the Corvettes, yeah. even Aussie cars yeah. too. I mean, there was a few good Commodores in that yeah. around that time. But the Japanese were miles But the Japanese ahead. were miles Absolutely. ahead. Yeah. And uh, like an NSX yeah. or yeah. like All the anything in those, any of those cars. Yeah. Those cars. Yeah. Uh, they may not have had the performance, but they've got the build quality. Mm. And, and the technology and a, was just so far ahead. That was the thing. Yeah. And, and they ship, uh, even though they're unique cars, the yeah. parts are pretty common. Yeah. So to buy a classic car, some people sure. used to walk at it. Oh, it's an expensive hobby. Yeah. But not so much. You've got the internet yeah. now that you can shop around and find things yeah. and, and look for things. So it's, um, 
it's attainable now. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's not an expensive hobby or you have yeah. to be a mechanic to fix that. Yeah, maybe the old Italian cars yeah. were like that. And we've seen a big shift in the demographic of buyers moving towards the Japanese cars, you know, over the last five to ten years. And we've moved accordingly. You know, we're, we're now taking on cars. I mean, I, I always remember when I first worked for Shannon's in the auction area about uh, 15 years ago. Mm. Um, our mantra with Skylines back then was no imports, it had to be in Australian delivered R32, which of course somewhat limits you it's because like 100. it's 100. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a lot to choose from. Um, as the years have gone by, really, I would put my hand on my heart and say if you had an R32 Aussie delivered sitting alongside an import, there's going to be virtually no difference in the price. Um, Especially know, if, if they're clean If cars. they're both clean, you know, comparable cars. Uh, it won't matter that stigma about grey imports and so on has gone completely because um, you know we've grown to accept that that well, is I think a what happened under the market. And I remember back in the day where New Zealand, the, the, the mm. back door was through New yes. Zealand. That, that was the yep. dumping ground for Japan because yes. Japan had got a weird crush yeah. after ten years That's of right. crushing yeah. cars. So Japan was uh, New Zealand was the back door. Absolutely. And then some of those shit boxes yeah. came here. Yeah. And then that's that grey import. Yeah. It had, didn't have a good reputation. No, you had all these you know, used vans exactly. and just yeah. crap. But the creme de la creme that comes through your doors is like, yeah. Yeah, and look, we're also in a position where we're lucky enough to be able to be a bit selective about the cars that we take for auction. We do filter them. We don't just accept every single car that we have, you know, um, a phone call inquiry or or an email about. So I I guess it's, you know, there's two parts to it. Obviously, we like to expand on what we're doing and we're trying to cater to a lot of different markets and so on. So mm. it's not always about just saying we only want to take on the most valuable or the best condition cars, but we want to really take on cars that just have the right mix of attributes to put them to mm. auction. You know, they're, they're going to have enough ingredients there to make them a desirable car to, to you know, a group of people. So if there. I want to sell my car at the next auction, sure. I ring you guys in yeah. advance. Obviously, I can't just... Maybe I can just oh, turn up. you can up. just turn up, but it's better if you... Yeah. And you get an idea of what's going to come yeah. through the door. So, right. I mean, you, you, you have a good look at it. Yep. You ask about the story. Yeah, we'll assess it. We'll look at the type of car it is. We'll check out the condition of the car. We obviously have a, a good look underneath it. If we can put it on the hoist, that's great. We'll look at any documentation, you know, service history, yeah. anything you might have with the car that helps. And then potentially be able to give you a, a, an assessment on the spot. It might sometimes in a few cases take us a, a little bit of time mm, to do some if it's something rare, research, if it's yeah. not a car we're really immediately familiar with, and then let you know roughly where we see it in the marketplace as a guiding range. We're always trying to give people a fairly conservative idea of what their cars are should worth. Should I tell you what's wrong with it? Or should I just <laughs> Absolutely. Hide, close my eyes? No, 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 I hope no. they don't Look, see that the engine light's again, on. Again, it's all know? gonna come out anyway with the, the vehicle reports we get okay. done, so. Far so better be to, absolutely, yeah. far better to be upfront. You know, the, the the thing that I've learned in this industry is no surprises. Better, better not to have anyone at any stage in the game being surprised. Whether it's you as the seller of the yeah. car, whether it's me as the auctioneer, or yeah. whether it's the buyer at the other end. You know, if everyone is happy that what they're buying is what they're buying, then we're all going to end up, you know, walking away from mm. it with a smile on our face. And that's what we want. We want happy sellers. Happy auction house and happy buyers. Because um, if you do have an ordinary condition car and you stipulate that it's <coughs> in ordinary condition, absolutely. you may be going to attract a buyer. Like a, a different you, kind of buyer. It's like right. a renovator when you absolutely. see a house yeah. that's about to fall yeah. down. Mm. It's value to someone else. Correct, you might yeah. not want it because you want to move in. Yeah, but you see the potential. But there's a guy that can either renovate up. those cars sure. or needs it yeah. for his other yeah. car for part. Yeah. And again, look, 
everyone would love to be able to just say we'll only accept 10 out of 10 restored yeah, cars yeah. you know the best of the best about 80 90 percent of cars don't fall into that category so you can't just turn away the other pool of mm. cars that are out there the vast majority of cars we're going to get offered don't come under that heading so what we then have to do is is price those cars accordingly leaving room for the buyer to be able to spend a little bit of money down the track or immediately up to them yep. to improve those cars but as they improve the cars the cars will then mm. obviously appreciate in value yeah. and you can bring it up to a higher standard and having said all that um, one area of, of the market that we've really seen go gangbusters not just since covid but really over the last 20 or 30 years is the barn find the project car and yeah. um you know that that's that's something that um, we've always enjoyed. People love the idea of finding an old car in the shed or you know, hidden under layers of dust and dirt, dragging it out, bringing it to auction. The excitement of, you know, oh wow, it's come to, it's come to Shannon's. And then you know, just the level of interest we get in those cars is off the charts. And we've had quite a few good ones here in Sydney that I've been involved with over the last few years. Um, everything from as diverse as a Rolls-Royce Phantom II um, that we pulled out of a, a shed in a little tiny house in Randwick, okay. where it had been sitting for about 40 years, um, up on blocks, uh, to an A9X that had been sitting under, I um, was oh, sitting, sorry, in a, in a storage cage in a, an apartment block up on the northern beaches. Um, the fellow that owned that had been working, I believe, in the mines in the west for decades and hadn't seen the car. It. it was actually stored at his sister's apartment. She was selling it and needed the needed the, the car to go. So we went over there and uh, it hadn't fired up in years, but we managed to get it started and drove it out of the And uh, with some cars like that, they say that don't wipe the dust. No, or not at all. Just leave yeah, it. Absolutely, leave it as it is because that's part of the appeal. But yeah, we've had, uh, we've had some great Porsches that we've found. Um, one family in Sydney here had a, an old 356 coupe that uh, was living oh, in wow. a lean-to in uh, Lane Cove here and it was, you could see it from the road and apparently um, people were starting to pinch parts off it. So they owned a property oh, okay. right up near the border with Queensland yeah. and trailered the car up there. This is a long, long time ago. And then went out into the into the bush and actually built a little kind of lean-to for the car. They were determined that nothing was going to get stolen off it again and basically built a shed around this car <laughs> and then kind of covered it up and forgot about it. And it sat there for, for years and years and years with all the bush growing around yeah. and everything. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't get it go up and see it being pulled out, but they, they dragged that car out of there. It, they, there was no back end in it, so they built a sort of dolly kind of axle for yeah, it to, to, to pull it out. Just to pull it out, got it onto a trailer, dragged it down to Sydney, and so put it up for auction, and it flew. It went really, really well. Wow. Yeah. And we've had a, another 356, was a Cabriolet, a very rare rudge wheeled option Cabriolet um, that was here from. A family uh, up in Brisbane and it had been stored under a church for decades um, it had been in the family since I believe about 1971 when um, the family that was selling it their grandmother had traded in her beetle for it and uh, that thing needed the mother of all restorations but because it was such a rare model being a cab and uh, the rudge wheels alone you know, we're potentially going to add six figures to the value wow. of it. It ended up selling for over a quarter of a million dollars Shit. to a guy who's taken it to, he owns a restoration business in Victoria and he's actually going to have the car completely brought back. So yeah, original. so that appeals to, to yeah. some buyers. Absolutely. That's, that's what they're looking yeah. for. Yeah, no, they love that kind of uh, is there any, history. Is there any cars that you thought, oh, this is not going to get, I mean, not that you look at a car that's not going to do too well, mm. but you were just surprised with what the hell oh, well, happened there? Is there a million dollars in the glove yeah, box that we look for? Yeah. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no accounting for 
taste with some cars, <laughs> I have to say, like cars that maybe, you know, don't appeal to myself or to you yeah. or you know, yeah. most people. Um, and it just went... They go gangbusters. gangbusters. Um, I won't necessarily name <laughs> them because it might upset a few people. But yeah, they, we're constantly surprised Were by... Were Italian cars? <laughs> no, no, not, 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 not that spring to mind, but we are constantly surprised by certain cars that... You just can't put your finger on what it is. There's something intangible about that specific car, but it just does really well. I mean, an example that springs to mind is we get a lot of Mustangs coming through the auctions, Mm. a lot of Mustangs. And, you know, sometimes they, because there are so many, you know, they all tend to sell around the same price level. Sometimes they don't do so well. And every now and again, one will just take off and fly. It's, and yeah. you can't pick why Actually, that particular say, car. Because they made a bloody lot they of them. They made a lot of them. And we get offered a lot of them. A lot here in Australia. But, but for a lot whatever of people reason, like them. Yeah, for whatever reason, sometimes just the right combination of colour, specification. Maybe everyone wants a right-hand drive car at that time. It's got the right everything. It just ticks every box. And then they will fly. They'll do And really not many well. people know. And I don't know if there's a difference through mm. your shed, through your garage here. But... There were a handful that were built in America, in Australia in the 60s. Sure. Yeah. There yeah. were a few Australian, yeah, were built Australian right-hand drive cars. Yeah. yeah sure. So yeah. I don't know whether they... Do they attract the premiums? They do. Yeah, no, they do. You they, do know which ones they are? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I, I may be wrong, but I believe we've had a couple of them over the years. I, I could be wrong about that. But um, they certainly... The, that Australian history, and it doesn't matter whether it's a Mustang or... Look, you know, one of the things I learned early on, because I, I, did, I grew up in the 70s, so it was before my time, but I didn't realise just how many American cars, for instance, and European cars for that matter, but particularly American cars, were delivered here in Australia, yeah. new, through Holden, Ford, um, Chrysler dealerships and so on. We got a lot of their cars assembled here locally, mm. under licence, you know, delivered from there was, Canada there were in right-hand drive. built here as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. All, all kinds of things. There's Fiat's, BMC and Zetland. I mean, there's Beatles. a real history here. Absolutely. Yeah. Even, yeah, some of the, the cars that you really wouldn't have thought would have would have been built in Australia. And I think what we've found over the years at Shannon's is that history, that that, that connection, particularly with some of the American cars, where they're obviously, yeah. you know, they're factory right-hand drive mm. or Canadian-built right-hand yeah. drive cars. They do sell for quite a big premium. Um, they have a real following when they come to market and um, you know a good example of that is the the Tri-5 Chevys 55, 6, 7s yep. we've had quite a few stacks delivered cars come through Sydney over the years and uh, you know they may be base model 6 cylinder 4 door post cars mm. that's what we got but people like that history of the fact that it was sold new here in Sydney mm, mm. Um, so that's that's a part of the yeah, car's it's appeal just, it's just amazing the, the garage is David I'm looking through there it's just an amazing <laughs> collection yeah there's just and you're right this this auction is just a caters for everyone and, yeah, it, and in a way that's yeah. not a bad thing because I, I was going to ask you with your future auctions and past auctions yeah. they're, they're pretty much every quarter but they used to be more like seasonal it's the summer auction the spring auction yeah look this is rather still rather than the Japanese yeah we do still bill them as seasonal auctions so this is still a technically our summer auction but I guess because we've now combined Melbourne Sydney and Brisbane in the one in the one catalogue it does change the way the auction uh, schedule calendar throughout the year is run and one thing we're going to do this year again always trying to mix it up and try new things is separate memorabilia out from the uh, the vehicle auctions because 
the list was just getting so long with the number of cars and bikes and so on yeah. that to try and do memorabilia justice, we just find it's not working as well as it could. So did what you, we're going to do, do is separate the mem- them out. Is the memorabilia buyer separate buyer than the car buyer? Uh, not necessarily, but they complement one another. Quite often people will be looking at cars and spot something you know, for the man cave, the man cave yeah. absolutely. So we'll whether go it's, with that car. Yeah, whether it's a tin sign or an enamel sign, rather, or um, you know, an old pinball machine or something to go to go in the man cave, they'll see that and buy it. But I think by having dedicated memorabilia auctions, rather than limiting ourselves to just a handful of pieces each auction, and unfortunately having to turn away a lot of really great items, um, and we've ended up with a big backlog because of this. Um, you know, to be able to say yes to more people and put those items through in the future mm-hmm. in dedicated memorabilia sales will be great. And we're going to do two of those a year this year. Okay. See how that goes and potentially build on it in the years yeah. to come. The other unique part of the auction game in Australia, especially, mm. is the number plates. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Can I say, what the fuck? <laughs> Absolutely. We all, uh, for those of us who don't get involved in the number plate market, and I count myself why in that had, group. Why has that I, thing reached Sydney uh, house, pro- Sydney look, unit prices? Yeah, yeah like, well, yeah, it's some of those expensive plates. units in some cases. Like, um, they don't break down, they're just yeah, a piece of metal. Absolutely. Look, the year-on-year appreciation is a big factor. Yeah. I mean, people aren't just buying these in hope. You know, they, they've, they've analysed the growth they over the years. They do not go down. They don't go down. They may sometimes plateau for a year or two if the market generally slows down. Yeah. That's fine. But when it kicks off again, the plates just take off. There's and fixed supply. Absolutely. There's not no making any more heritage plate. plates. Yeah, it's, That's right. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So, yep. basically... When the first car came to New South Wales, well, like so, it's all state based. That's right. So the, the RTO, whatever yeah. department was called yeah. back then, the Roads horse and, and engine, yeah, yeah. the horse like and motor there. buggy, yeah, exactly. um, was number one. Number one. That was the first car registered in New South and Wales. Number two, and, and then, then on it three. went. That's right. Yeah. And then you've got six-digit plates. So you got into the six-digit plates, and again, I'm not an expert in the area, yeah, so no, no, don't I, quote me on this, but I, I believe somewhere in the around the 19. Before the 1920s, um, basically they, they reached somewhere in the 200,000 kind of yeah. range, and then they switched to the, the combination yeah. of three letters yeah. followed by three digits. So in theory, there were only a couple of hundred thousand heritage plates issued. However, obviously the RMS over the years have subsequently released some of the higher number six-digit plates because there are six-digit plates in circulation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. and, and they're legitimate. Digital, but, they're, they're, but they're couplets. That's right, they're, they're legitimate they're trendy, plates. Yeah. They are still considered a yeah. heritage plate and they, they do still have a value. So yeah. we don't turn those away. But you know, if you're looking for a plate that was released in the period, you'd be back into that sort of anywhere from you know 200 and whatever thousand. And they're heavy, you picked one up. I mean, I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah. They're bloody yeah. heavy. They are, they The are. ones I've they're, they're yeah. No, this is right. like a proper steel bar. That's it's right. Not... Yeah, and look, we get one release from the RMS each year. Who, uh, you know, we're really grateful to the RMS for entrusting Shannon's with number plates, and they have okay. done it for many years. And the Vic Roads in Melbourne have done the same down south. Um, so, basically, so some of those, sorry, did you, so yeah. some of those number plates are not from vendor. Like no, that's right. They're customers. actually plates that have either been relinquished over the years oh, that wow. the RMS and Big Roads have... And they're just clearing their, that's right. their safe. Yeah, or perhaps in some cases they've never been released to the public for whatever reason. So okay. they have a, a, a an ever-decreasing pool of, uh, of plates that they will sell this way, but they 
they basically um, are very careful about how they go about yeah, marketing. Because just for, the, so, for, for our listeners, yeah. you can't go to the RMS no. and order a no, five-digit plate. It, That's it, right. You've got to buy a private yeah. or three This is chains. the only way for, yeah. for people to actually buy these plates. And one of the nice things about buying them direct from the RMS um, is that they will actually uh, supply a, a box set um, with brand new enamel plates. So they remake the plates, they put them in a little presentation case, and that's why, again, once a year, people see those uh, those number plates in Sydney. That's mm. that's with the RMS. Vic Roads do it throughout the year with Shannon's down there. So mm. again, those plates come through much more regularly. Um, but in New South Wales, we've just focused on doing it once a year, which is always the first auction of the year. So that happens to be the one coming up. So again, we've got our thirty number plates yeah. from from RMS uh, in this sale. Is that unique to Australia? I don't see anyone in America or the UK or. Because we've got overseas listeners yeah, as well. Yeah, but I, I don't. Again, I don't really know too much about the market overseas for number plates. I believe in the UK, um, they have a similar um, collectability to the plates here in Australia. So my understanding is that, you know, the first number plate in England, and I, I, I may well be completely wrong here, but I think it's A one. Um, so if you've got that code, that plate is incredibly valuable, okay. and again, you can transfer that plate, sell it. I, I don't know whether here in Australia it used to be that you had to actually sell it on a vehicle, um, and it was quite a few decades ago. Now they changed it, but they did change the system so that you yeah. could actually just sell the right to transfer the plate from A to B rather yeah. than actually having to have. Where the car in America, it was it's more. I remember when we were young mm. in California had the custom plate, yeah. like the five, let seven letters, yeah. make a word up, yeah. Yeah. and that was like wow. Then, yeah. then yeah. we the, caught on thirty years later, like thirty right. years ago yeah. as well, where you don't see like yeah. numerical plate, and everyone goes wow no, in America. No, I don't believe in America. There's the same value attached no. to those old plates. I think it's people collect number plates over there. But they're not doing it for Yeah, but they're falling off of, in the desert road. You know, they've yeah, got the hubcaps and exactly, the spending millions of dollars in a bar. On, on a specific <laughs> yeah. plate. And um, yeah, here, here it's crazy. I mean, look, we, we sold, I was lucky enough to be part of the sale of um, number four a few years ago, and we sold that for just shy of two and a half million dollars. Wow. And that was just amazing. I mean, I don't think anyone realized at that time just how strong do you know, that plate market had got. I don't know if it's an urban myth, but do yeah. you know the plate for number one is. Have you heard the story about that? I believe with, it's with the original family. The, yeah. yeah. So I've been told it's with the yeah. original family. They live yeah. out for yeah. Clues, Dover Heights, yeah. and they've kept it. They've kept it, yeah. And they were the... Yeah. They, they bought the first yeah. car back yeah. in the day. That's so they right. must That's have, my understanding. It's just been passed okay, on good. generation to generation. Yeah. We had a similar plate like that in our last sale. So we had number 96, which for some of the older um, listeners might remember the TV show oh, yeah, yeah, number yeah. 96 and we yeah. kind of wondered whether that might play a part in you know the interest in it but it did really well it had been in the same family since new um, handed down again across generations how much um, we sold it just shy of a million dollars and would it be funny so, if it's on a 96 Calais <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it was on that, that's the interesting thing about the plate it was on a heck of a lot of different cars over the years 96 Barina yeah exactly yeah. Well, you, do, you do see it you see it on the streets of Sydney even now like not not as much so much but yeah. you see plates that are worth 50, 100, 300 thousand dollars on these little old Volvos and things <laughs> Driven by owners, and you often wonder, do they know? Do they realise? <laughs> I'm sure they joke to us. Yeah. We're laughing because sure, they know. Like, yeah, I'm sure they get stopped. You know, every uh, every set of traffic lights, oh. and uh, you know, can I buy your number plate? But um, yeah, the plate market is 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 really strong, and I think a big part of it, as you said before, is that you know, 
there's very little outlay other than the purchase of the plate. Yeah. You don't have to insure it. It can't be stolen off you. The upkeep it's true. is zero. It's not going to break down. Exactly. Um, Maybe a clip. Yeah. And your storage fees, well, you pay, your, if you don't have it on your vehicle, you pay a minimal amount to RMS to yeah. keep the plates on hold year in, year on. Yeah, and it's increasing in And they that. just keep going up in value. Yeah. Like, I, I've got, like I said, I've got, I've got one. We, yep. My brother's got We've got two in the family. Sure. And yeah. basically, I got a new car last year and it wouldn't fit the holes. Yeah. And there's no way we drilled it. Yeah. So... Um, the back one was sort of glued on a bit yeah. and the front bar has got a bend in it yeah. it's a Merc and we yeah. didn't want to just bend the plate either so we had to put spaces to make the plate uh, like straight yeah. and we had to put spaces so we can sort of screw it in yeah. we didn't want to damage them yeah. you don't that's want to it. bend them and no. drill holes no, no, and things no. like that so. no. and that's the other thing is sometimes we see these heritage plates coming to us and uh, you know they're <laughs> The plates themselves have been remade dozens of times and they're not in the best condition sometimes. So it's a bit embarrassing when you're selling a million dollar plate and it's not necessarily in million dollar condition. But again, the value isn't in the physical plate. It's in the right to transfer that plate. So amazing. that's all that matters in the end. All right, well, we'll wrap it up. I mean, sure. I've, got, I've got a million and one questions, but I yeah. think we're going to come back again. Yeah, again. look, do. So, yeah. Or even after following the, the auction, we can go through some of the facts and figures yeah. because... There's two cars in there that I'm sort of interested in. There's, yep. there's an SL and a Bentley. How's the, the 450 yeah. SL in the equipment? Yeah, Load well, of questions. The good, news, the good news is the 450 SL is traveling well. It's going well. Yeah. Um, they're a popular car. The 107. It should sell that one too, yeah. I reckon. The 107s are a good thing. They're, they've sort of come into their own yeah. in the last couple of years. So I think you guys bought well, you know. And we're going to sell really well. You're going to sell really well. It's a great color. Um, you know, it's an Aussie delivered car. That's yeah. a plus. Oh, yeah. Um, see nice conditions. And I drove my brother like like yeah. that, that. We're running out of, running out of room, yeah. and and we half own it with another family member, yeah. and and we weren't having fun with it. Not using it. That's we the, weren't using it. And when, the, the, the day we brought it here, yeah. mate, it ran like a dream. Yeah. I'm thinking, what a solid car. Yeah, yeah, no and, great cars and, for people. Uh, just our cousin Pete that weekend. came, he looked at it. Yeah, I got Pete's an ex girlfriend now, <laughs> mate. It's going. You know, you, you, yeah. you're right about that. Yeah. And the Bentley, well, we've had fun yeah. in that too. Yeah. So that. Yeah. They're, no, they're having it. a bit of a resurgence Absolutely. too. Absolutely. No, they've, they've really come on in the last uh, couple of years. I think the new Bentleys have yeah. made people aware that there were some older ones. Yeah. And, and the Turbo R's particularly, yeah. that's a good model. That's the one. Um, yeah. You need the Turbo just to give it that little bit of extra oh, grunt. It goes, but mate, you need yeah. the space to and make you, it stop too. You do. You oh, need, it's like an ocean liner you do. that car. You need plenty of room around you. But yeah. yeah. Mate, Damien, cool thing. thank you for having us. No, you're more than welcome. Um, Go plug away, Shannon's. What's the website? Just shannons.com.au. .au, that's it, yeah. Go there, have a look at the cars, yeah. um, register, have a bid. If you want to sell, ring Damien and, and his crew down here. There's a nice bar, you can have a coffee. Mm. It's relaxed. There's no pressure to sell. Not at all. No, come and have a look. We yeah, we, we about... love people to come in. We've missed you for yeah. you know two years, so we'd love to see people come back into the showroom and uh, enjoy the cars. Yeah. You know, we... we for two years, we've been setting it up with all these fantastic cars, and unfortunately, we just haven't been able to have people. And this site's fairly new. No one's had yeah, a sticky beat. Exactly. No one. We haven't had a yeah. Bunnings barbecue outside no, or yeah, cars no. and coffee. But no, they'll come back. They'll come back. They're so, coming, yeah. so thank you for having us, and we yeah, want to. We'll, we'll come again with with the rest of the crew, and um, yeah. maybe talk about some of the results and look at things like the Shannon's insurance. We haven't touched the insurance yeah, side of things. There's so much to talk about. Yeah, so we can um, meet fine. some more of the team at Shannon's. So thank you for having us. Yeah, no, you're and uh, good luck for the coming option especially yeah, those no. two yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed for those I two. think those two are the best ones here forget <laughs> yeah, that spirit. 
<laughs> Mazda Spirit, whatever. Anyway, so, so mate, thank you for having us and no uh, bye for now. Okay, thanks. Cheers, Peter.